Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract? fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms hi let's talk about pro plan sport pro plan sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. 
Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. How have fans across the country been amping up the excitement every college football Saturday this season? Well, they've been playing Colin Cowherd's Saturday spreads on FanDuel for a free shot at big prizes. And for those who missed out on the fun earlier this season, there's still time to start playing. Look, the game's simple. We'll choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week. Make your picks against the spread for each one, and the fans who get the most right win a share of $5,000 in prizes. That's a share of five grand in prizes up for grabs every single week. Here's what I'm thinking this week. Give me Virginia plus five and a half at home against Notre Dame. Give me Baylor plus five and a half at home against Oklahoma and give me Tennessee plus 20 and a half against the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs at home. Go to FanDuel.com slash Saturday spreads or download the FanDuel app to check in on Colin and my weekly picks and to get your picks in before kickoff for your free shot at $5,000 in prizes. No purchase necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. Thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. All right, everybody, what is up? We are live here on a Tuesday from the College Football Hall of Fame. This is the J-Boy Show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification button, and go ahead and smash that like button as well. We appreciate you joining us. Shout out to the Booster Club, the greatest grassroots movement, some people say, of multiple generations, maybe of all time. You know, we, we still got a while to go. Uh, you can also follow the audio when we get down and get dropped from here. The restream stays on the YouTube channel, but it's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere. You get your podcast. And I'm going to talk about Tennessee in this monologue, and I'm going to hit the rundown in a second. Uh, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and do the rundown now. I, I'm going to talk about Tennessee and, and how they've risen and what Josh Heupel's doing over there and the trajectory of them uh, and where I see them going, even with the NCAA stuff over their head. But there's something else I'm going to get to in a second that just is bothering me beyond imagination. Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated is going to join us. We're going to talk a little LSU coaching search. Everybody's saying Jimbo Fisher still. Here we go. Can't wait for everybody to be let down. We'll just continue to talk about it, I guess. Uh, then we're going to give our 12-team playoff, which is probably my favorite thing we do all week, other than taking questions from the Booster Club. Going to put our top 12 teams in there, and we're going to see how it would divvy out if some certain people in conferences would get out of the way and let us expand the playoff. You know, that'd be nice. Then Tom Luganville's going to join us. He thinks Caleb Williams has a chance to win the Heisman. Uh, we're going to talk about the Heisman finalists, who has opportunities mm. left. A lot of it's about opportunities. Then our SEC power rankings, the East... I think you're going to like. Uh, I think you're going to like what we do with the East. And then we're going to give our picks. We got Maction tonight. Three games. I'm taking two bets. And I'll give you a hint. 
Let's go Eastern Michigan. <laughs> Let's do it, boys. Eagles, Eagles, help fly, me, fly, help fly. Help me, help me, please. Help me, help us, help all of us and me. But first, uh, before I get to Tennessee, I, I you know, I've got to talk about this because we're, we're to a point now, and, and I, I think it's trolling. I, I think it's got to be trolling. You know, yesterday, talking with Timmy B, we had that heated interview about Cincinnati and, and them in Alabama, and, and he thinks Cincinnati would beat Alabama. I obviously disagree. And while I think that argument is very far-fetched and very fringe that Cincinnati would have a chance to compete or beat Alabama, I think there's a little bit maybe of merit to it. But what I saw today, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to call him out live. You, you know who it is. A very reputable, incredible college and sports news source put out their tears today in college football. And, you know, I take what we do very seriously. It's something that we've chose to do with our lives. And, and to me, there's arguments and there's debates and not that nothing can be talked about. Echo chambers will be the death of us all. And so will group think. But in those tiers, you had Georgia tier one. We can agree with it. In tier two, you had Ohio State, Cincinnati and Oklahoma. A lot to digest there. Yeah. But my biggest problem is in tier three, when you as a legitimate, credible, and reputable source put UTSA and Alabama in the same tier. You know, there's stuff that I can argue about. There's stuff that we can debate about and be on totally different sides. To me, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's got to it's be a troll. Because if you're telling me that UTSA and Alabama are on the same level, then there's a bridge in Brooklyn and some beachfront property in Kansas that I could sell you for a great price. And if we're to the point now, and again, I still think it's a troll, where we're going to start saying that UTSA and Ben, if that's where we're going to, then why, then why are we here? How would we ever know who is really good at this? How would we ever know? Because if, if we're just going to say stuff that's not true just to be cool or, or get clicks or whatever, and, and obviously you want clicks. We want clicks. We want views. We want downloads to run it the right way and when you sit there and tell me and you want to look me in the eye and there's no way they were serious when they put those tears out or that tweet out it's almost a mockery to anybody that understands anything about the game of college football or watches I feel like if you know how many players can be on the field with each team on offense and defense then you should know that UTSA and Alabama aren't in the same tier and that's not a knock on UTSA it's just the truth. It's just the truth. If you want to have an argument about Cincinnati and some of these other teams, we can have it. But the minute you look me in the eye and say, and, and Jeff Trailer and UTSA, it's an amazing story. He's one of the hottest names in coaching right now. But if you're going to look me in the eye and be serious and tell me that Jeff Trailer and Nick Saban have a team on the same level, that's a non-starter for me. I, I won't do it. I won't do it. And I'm down to argue basically anything. But it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of the fans' time. It's a waste of the audience time. Why don't I just come with you? Why, 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 the sky just, why can't the sky be green? Why can't pigs fly? Why is sweet tea good on a hot southern afternoon? Because it just is. It just is. But if you put UTSA on the same level tier... Put them in the same corner, the same cupboard. You're making yourself, you're making it impossible to argue against it because it's such a bad argument. 
It's so bad. It's so bad that we're having to take time out of our day. The last two days, I've had to compare LSU in Tulsa and UTSA in Bama. I wouldn't be shocked if Leo DiCaprio ran in here with a briefcase screaming about dreams, putting a dreidel and spinning on the table and seeing if it falls. I'm about to that point. Or if he just whisks us away on a helicopter as we're getting shot at by men in suits, saying we're in a dream, within a dream, within a dream. It, it blows my mind that that's a legit, you would legitimately put that out. You can never say that it's not clickbait. Because if there's nobody that actually deep down believes that outside of probably UTSA's players, coaches, wives, friends and family, teammates, friends and family, and maybe some alumni that are hardcore. And you know what? Good for them. They should. But for us, with the platform we have, I promise you, that will never be put out here. I will not say something just because it's going to get some hot reaction on anything. I may have hot takes that I believe, that I can back up with facts. That I back up with facts. Because I live in the real world. UTSA, unbelievable job by Jeff Trailer. Bama would beat them to sleep. But you're, it's almost making a mockery. And at that point, I won't argue it. I won't debate it. I won't talk about it because it's not worth talking about. You know what? I'm, and I'm old enough to remember yesterday when you asked Tim Brando about UTSA, and he said bringing that up was beneath you. Was and beneath now all me. of a yeah. sudden we see them ranked above <laughs> Oregon and Michigan, Michigan State, which proves that this faction, okay, of the college football media can't even get on the same page they themselves. Can't, no. You know what? A wise man, Michael Caine, once told me, personally okay some men just want to watch the world, world burn. burn okay yeah. this is not serious look if we're, no. this yeah, is if we're talking about wise men you can you can settle this easy in the words of meek mill look there's <laughs> there's levels to this we're shit, going to philosophers yeah. now yeah there is there's there's levels but that to me it's just that there's i understand having fringe arguments 12 team playoff let's talk about utsa sneaking in there we can talk about that i'm fine mm-hmm. with that we can actually have that argument in a 12 team playoff but the minute the minute you know how about you have duke go play one of the high schools down here in basketball let's just put them in the same tier because i guess it doesn't matter i guess it really doesn't matter anymore it's not being able to make a full-throated debatable argument just hey what's gonna piss people off no one on this show here is saying just because you are a big brand and would draw to a playoff game means that you're one of the best four teams. No one is saying here that just because you have won a championship in the past that you're one no, of the best it's four this teams. Year. We're watching every single game. We're reviewing every single game, and we're just calling it like we see it. And I'm telling you, ADs across the country are paying attention right now. Because if you were, let's say, Ohio State this year, why would you have scheduled Oregon no, when you never, could have scheduled Akron? That's exactly and right. And they'd be unbeaten. That's why they'd that argument right now. falls apart. And we would have missed a good it football It doesn't have game. length. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say about it. You know the best part about technology in 2021 and the barrier of entry? We can all watch the games now. We can now. watch them. We don't have to just rely on, well, this national guy watched this or this guy watched that. We can watch them. If I want to watch a Sunbelt game, there's a way I can do that. If I want to watch a game out on the West Coast that may not be as big as the others, there's a way I can do it. And then the people that actually watch them that know and understand are starting to figure this out a little bit. You either know it or you fake it. Like Drake said on the album, only real music's going to last. All this other BS is here today and gone tomorrow. And that's what it is. But I want to talk about something that isn't BS, something that's real. And I want to talk about what Josh Heupel's doing at Tennessee right now. And I'll be the first one. 
to come on here. And our Tennessee fans, and I'm going to get to the Booster Club in a second, our Tennessee fans will tell you, I'm, I was critical of the depth of Tennessee's defense running the system that they run offensively. And even if you look now, they're still giving up a lot of points. I mean, Kentucky scored 42. They were able to outscore people, and that's what that's kind of built to do. A good defensive outing in the SEC, in my opinion, for Josh Heupel's defense is giving up 30 or less to me when I look at it. But what I see out of Tennessee has nothing to do with scheme. Nothing to do with scheme. A lot of those players are playing a lot better than what they are, in my opinion, across the board. And that is the best compliment, not only that you can give a head coach, but to give a new head coach. Josh Heupel has tapped into something in that locker room. And we had Bayless Jones on here a couple weeks ago, and he talked about it. He's tapped into something in that locker room that only the really good ones can tap into, and that's being genuine. That's the players actually deep down 100% believing that you give a damn about them, that you care about them more than them catching a pass, running a touchdown, making a tackle, or blocking a kick. And once you have that, it doesn't matter if you run the triple option. It doesn't matter if you run the air raid, the fun and gun, pro style, West Coast, whatever. That human element is huge, and those guys are playing their guts out for Josh Heupel. That is not an easy system to get in shape for on offense. It's not an easy system to stay in shape for on defense where you're going against it every day in practice. And Josh Heupel, offensively, is it totally unbelievable, schematical what they do? No, he took a little bit of what Art Bryles does with the splits, with the wide receivers. They mixed it with up-tempo. Their playbook isn't huge, but it's enough to keep you on your heels. And if you get stuck in base because they're going fast, they have the answers to everything you're going to give them. But what Josh Heupel is doing is giving that fan base the one thing that they've been begging for. Genuine hope genuine belief because if he can do it with this group with Tennessee gaining momentum and having success he'll have success recruiting to Tennessee and once they get a little more depth on defense and they can start only giving up 30 in big games Tennessee looks like they're slowly becoming a problem and I said I thought Josh Heupel was the coach that you know for the analogy the person you date before you find the person you marry And I don't know what this NCAA stuff's going to come down. I don't know. I know they declined to self-impose a bowl ban, which means they're either really confident or really scared. And it's not of his doing. But if I'm a Tennessee fan right now, and I'm sitting back, and I'm not only watching the scoreboard, I'm watching the way my guys play, I can do nothing but be excited. And if you noticed, not schematically or not stylistically, Tennessee's players are playing a lot more free than they ever played under Jeremy Pruitt. Tennessee, when they go out there, not only looks like they're competing hard, but they're having fun. They're hitting explosive plays. All the stuff that the coaches were telling them, they're starting to see it. They've already believed it. But if you want to believe in something wholeheartedly, you can take somebody's word for it, but then when you see it happen, it does something to you. And that's why if I'm Florida over there and I'm that administration and I'm watching this, I may be more worried about Tennessee than I am about Georgia because I don't know if there's a lot you can do about Georgia right now. But with what Josh Heupel's doing and the momentum that they're gaining in Knoxville, 
It's not because of any play that was drawn up. It's not because any blocking assignment that was drawn up, any coverage, any blitz, anything. It's because those guys in that locker room believe 100% in Josh Heupel. And Josh Heupel believes 100% in every guy in that locker room. And Tennessee, for the first time in a long time, is moving in one direction. And that's the right direction. What do you guys think? I agree. Uh, no, man. I agree. You There's can tell. Be a problem. Hope, hope, and belief with are, players, are, with players that are good with enough. Play, with play, it's contagious, right? It's contagious, especially when the older guys, and you can just tell by the way they play. And if you're an offensive guy with that offense, when it comes down to recruiting. Why would you not want to go there? Oh, there's you, a lot of receivers. You, yeah, and yeah, you want to find the guys, and you, you hit it. These aren't Hypo's guys. No. Right? And you can see the growth, especially with Hooker. Oh, and my the, gosh. The growth anybody, every week. It's and we've so talked a lot watch. about Bo Nix growing up during the season, even though it wasn't the greatest performance last week. Has any quarterback in the SEC – made a bigger improvement from when they were put in to where they're at now than Hendon Hooker? After watching so. that Kentucky game, no. I mean, it's him. He's it's got him, total man. control. I think, I think we may be running into a situation where you have the perfect system for a certain player. Mm-hmm. You know, you always try and recruit to your system. You always try and personnel to your system. And it works out mainly because you know what you're evaluating, but sometimes it is a perfect fit. And with Hendon Hooker's running ability, with the playbook being what it is, with the tempo that they operate at, and now his comfortability, not only throwing the deep ball, not only throwing the intermediate game, the dig, but the short game, the quick game. You, he's spitting those screens out and those modified runs in better places now. And it's little things that people don't realize. You know, if I'm going to throw a now screen outside, I want to hit him where he can catch it and make a move. You look earlier in the year, whether it was Joe Milton or Hendon Hooker, you're getting the ball back here. Well, by the time you turn around to try yep. and see where the block is. Kills it. Yeah, and as a, as a corner, as a DB, if you want to stack over each other, like we see Tennessee do a lot, a lot of teams run that stack outside with two by two, and they're going to spit it to the, to the guy behind in the stack. Corner comes up to press, and you have the safety behind. Well, the minute, the minute you have to turn and rotate your body to catch that ball behind, that DB should be jumping outside leverage to let the safety come in and fit. But I see that as a DB. I'm trained to see that. I'm looking through the blocker once that ball has left the hand. Because when I'm in press coverage, my eyes are where? Because I'm in man on the receiver that's in front of me. But I can see through him to that next guy. So the minute that I'm here and I got my hands on him, I'm outside leverage, and I see you turn that body, I am rocking you up and walking you back. Because it's timing. It's milliseconds. It's split second for those things to work. And I think sometimes we overlook ball placement and letting guys go run. Yeah. And it's Whether huge it's a slant. Like that. It's huge. This, it's this, little things. This is a good start, right? To have like one side of the ball being taken care of, kind of like you've said with Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin, right? It's a good start. The question will be, like we were talking about with Dan Mullen yesterday and what you've always said the difference with Jimbo Fisher and what Kevin Sumlin were doing out at A&M is, can you take the positive momentum that you've done with having some answers on offense and actually recreate that for the entire program that'll be the difference whether or not tennessee can just win some games that they're not supposed to right over the next few years or they can be a serious elite team and be a problem for teams like georgia and alabama and if so the tennessee fan base will get something they deserve because there have been some loyal tennessee vols who've been waiting for this for a long time you you will you will not find 
a more loyal fan base that has been through more stuff than mm-hmm. Tennessee and Nebraska. Sure. You, yep. Those are two fan bases that hell or high water, they've been in there. The Vol Navy shows up all the time, mm-hmm. and they deserve it. The thing with Josh Heupel, and I will always go back to this, when you're trying to build a program that will compete with Georgia and Alabama, we see what A&M's doing. Brian Harson's going through the same thing as Heupel. I don't care what system you run. Can you get elite offensive and defensive linemen? It's the only way. You see the difference when Auburn plays against an elite front seven offensively. They just get big boy. It's just physics. Tennessee, those guys are playing over their heads. Spragans is playing unbelievable up front for Tennessee. But they still don't have the guys that can line up and say, all right, Georgia. Because what it does, it's an it's a corrector. And we're going to bring Ross Dellinger here in a second. But having good offensive linemen and defensive linemen, elite offensive linemen and defensive linemen, it is an insurance policy is what it is. Because guess what? Even if you have great skill players, sometimes the offense isn't hitting. It happens in football. It happens in baseball. It happens in basketball. Sometimes the shooters aren't knocking down shots shots how do you win games outside of winning how you normally win and it goes back to something i've said on the show from the jump and i will continue to champion the teams that win the 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 longest and thrive the longest and sustain are the teams that can win in multiple ways i don't care what sport it is because at some point it's not going to go how you want it to go the passing game's not going to be working can you say you know what we're not clicking on all cylinders we got to run our way to an ugly one Mm -hmm. or you know what we're not playing great on offense, front seven, defense, y'all got to win it for us. Our, our, our back end isn't super solid, so that front forward, y'all got to get to the passer because we can't just start blitzing everybody and robbing Peter to pay Paul. That is the way you build a program now that wants to be elite, not wants to be okay, yep. not wants to get a win every now and then, that wants to sustain mm-hmm. and that can physically compete. That's the difference in UTSA and Alabama. It's up front. It's up front. And another guy that's always up front, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. Let's get Ross in here. <laughs> Got him right here. There he is. Rose. Ross, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good to see you. How's everything going? Going well. You know, right in the middle of another season, trying to make it through the, the slog. So yeah. one more month <laughs> to go. I feel like sometimes I'm uh, writing more about stuff uh, – off the field been on it but uh, that's how the last year and a half or so have been yeah true and unfortunately i don't see it slow down either ross and i'm gonna ask you about some off the field stuff just right off the bat we'll 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 keep in that narrative this jimbo fisher to lsu talk what do you think just your thoughts you're a guy that's plugged in what i mean is there is there any validity to it i just don't see it ross i just don't see it i don't see it either um but i, I haven't seen a lot of stuff and then it happens so um <laughs> You know, I think everybody's kind of, con- first of all, kind of connecting the dots. You know, they're obvious, right? I mean, Jimbo spent uh, five years at LSU, uh, some of the greatest probably times of, of his life with Nick Saban there from 2000 to, and then one year, I think, with uh, with Les Miles. Knows a lot of people in Baton Rouge, friends with a lot of people in Baton Rouge. Um, I've written about it before. I was down, lived down there. Uh, you know, he was interviewed for the job in 2005 before they gave it to Les Miles. He basically accepted the job in 2015 before they decided to keep Les Miles. In 2016, there was some flirtation there. Um, I don't think it was as serious as some make it uh, into, but but there were three times there, right, that uh, Jimbo was, was in the mix there for the LSU job. And then you couple all of that with the fact that 
the the athletic director at LSU, Scott Woodward, not only hired him at, at Texas A&M, but is good friends with him and gave him a contract with no buyout. Right. So <laughs> it uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the dots do connect. Um, it's just it's hard for you know at best I think most would say that's kind of a lateral move you know um, resources wise and recruiting area it's it's a it's a lot of the same a lot of similarities um, he he spent now you know four years there like building that program up to where it is uh, now mm-hmm. getting it to a situation to where it really can compete for championships it feels like um, he's won seventeen of his last twenty there. So it, it's just kind of hard for, for me to think that he'd move and start all over again. No, I, I agree. And if they don't get him this time, you know, to quote the, the great award-winning film, The Hot Tub Time Machine, Jimbo Fisher may be the great white buffalo for LSU. Just, uh, it just <laughs> seems like it's good. we're kind of going down that path. But, Ross, uh, on the LSU note, uh, I know there's been a lot of names thrown out there. We've talked about Lane Kiffin. We've talked about Mel Tucker. Uh, are there a few that jump out to you from, from what you know? Is there a couple that maybe kind of rise to the top this early? Because we know it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Well, uh, you know, it, it, you know, Jimbo is certainly a name that, that fits Scott Woodward's kind of M.O. You know, Scott does have an M.O. If you go back to his days at Washington and A&M, he goes after big time, big name, um, sitting power five coaches with, with big money. Uh, mm-hmm. He did it, Chris Peterson over at um, Chris Peterson was a little different, saying that that was a Group of Five job, but it was it was somebody that it was you know he was basically the hottest name in in college football, and nobody could seem to pry him away from Boise, but but um, but Scott did, and then of course the Jimbo hired A and M, but the Buzz Buzz hired A and M, uh, taking him from Virginia Tech, and then you look at his one of his latest hires, uh, Kim Mulkey um, yeah. at LSU. Uh, uh, that was a that was a typical Scott Woodward hire there, and so I I feel like that's the hire that LSU's going to make. Um, it's going to be along the lines of that. Uh, you you feel like in there are some names that you would think LSU would look at, but don't necessarily fit into that Woodward mo. And mm-hmm. I think a big one might be Billy Napier. You know, uh, mm. it, it's hard for me to see it necessarily happening because, again, of what I just talked about. Uh, but, gosh, you, you'd think Billy is would be up there. You know, he's, he's done a tremendous job and and um, certainly is, it miles his program after Nick Saban. And that's a guy I know, Scott Woodward, knows well, Nick Saban. And they worked together at LSU way back in 2000, 02, 01. And, um, uh, you know, so he's a name that kind of sticks out, obviously, you know the Mel Tucker stuff is 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 kind of buzzing everywhere, right? Um, you know, it, it feels like those three guys, and then and then you think of a, a hire that would be kind of like a Kim Mulkey, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, if Jimbo might might be that guy, but Lincoln Riley, you know, uh, Brian Kelly, so you know, names that you think, wow, that's crazy, you know, but but Woodward sometimes ends up reeling them in so uh there could be those names as well you know what scott has kept the 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 search pretty tight i think and um a small group i believe of of names you know yeah and, and you know too uh, watching it I, I know lsu fans want to splash higher uh the billy napier thing to me is so interesting with the politics there in louisiana from lafayette you know we've had guys on talk about that but you know uh ross you, you wrote a story about something a while ago 
or put out a tweet talking about the intake rule, 25 being changed, and, and them talking about changing you can take more than 25 scholarship guys in a year. And to me, that's a rule that has to be changed to marry what's happening in the portal because right now you can lose more than you can intake from a scholarship standpoint. There's nothing you can do about it as a head coach. Uh, is there a timeline for that? Has it already been passed or, or just for me in the audience, do you have an idea of when we could see that go into effect? Yeah, it has been passed. It's in effect right now. So nice. this coming class, Good. yeah, this coming class, you can uh, replace um, all your your transfers up to seven transfers. Mm -hmm. So the max is seven. So the max um, you could sign would be thirty-two. Your twenty-five normal, and then seven transfers. Um, if you had ten transfers, you could only sign seven. If you have five, you could you could only sign or yeah, you can only sign those five. So. Uh, but that is that's in effect for this signing class and uh, progress should be should be interesting to to watch for sure yeah a lot of head coaches and coaches in general were not happy about that because the rules just didn't reflect what was going on on the yeah. other side of the coin uh, now talking about the playoff ross just a couple more ross dellinger sports illustrated uh just get on social media or just look at college football you'll see them uh the playoff you know we talked a lot about it you've talked a lot about it i know with the alliance or the council or the cabal or, you know, I'm going to kick your ass, whatever it's called, the group they put together. Um, when do you see possibly the playoff or at least a vote or some movement on it? Do you think we'll get it sooner than later? Because I know this is just a kind of I'm jealous and pissed off play. That's what it seems like to me, at least. Yeah, I, I think you're probably on to something there. Um, if, if you didn't have <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas, uh, um, you know, the SEC – I don't think plan to announce Oklahoma and Texas and, and to have that process go when it did. Um, it, you know, the news leaked out, obviously, and they had to kind of spring into action, so to speak. But uh, that process uh, was not supposed to take place back in July. Um, and, and so if you didn't have that process, I think we would have probably already had an agreement in place for uh, the 12-team playoff. Um, but because of, of that that uh, decision irking some uh, power five commissioners we we sit here with uh, with an issue you have to have unanimity between all 11 the 10 commissioners and Jack Swarbrick the Notre Dame AD and right now some are kind of pushing for for eight a couple of them are and um, and the rest are on board with the 12 and they've got to find some kind of compromise compromise and maybe that's what happens December 1 that's the next time they're supposed to meet um, and they've got a time timeline, you know, they've got to do it within the next couple of months if they're going to mm -hmm. expand in 2024. If not, if they don't get it done in the next couple of months, then uh, we'll have four for the next five years. And then in 2026, we'll have a new whole new contract in, in a new playoff that they'll have to agree on. I love it. Ross, I got one more question. It may be the most important question you've ever been asked in your whole life. And I need you to answer this correctly. If UTSA plays Alabama on a neutral field, who wins? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the tie. Thank you, Ross Dellinger. You can come back anytime. No, I, I appreciate it, man. It's just this is the funniest. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Argument of all time for me. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff, man. It's always great. Uh, you're always breaking news left and right, man. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter at just my name, at Ross Dillinger, and go to SI.com. Nice. Nice. The diplomas look great back on the wall, too. Your, your master's <laughs> in psychology and, and the foreign no, dark no arts. Way. <laughs> all right ross i'll let you later my oh nice right, nice nice we'll get a cigar again sometime man we'll do it again sometime soon be Sounds good, good. All right, Ross Dellinger. Love it. Some housekeeping stuff. So we find out the intake rules in effect up to 32. Good. Thank you. It's not 100% where it should be, but we're, but we're making progress. Blaine, let's get to the Booster Club. Yeah, a couple things here. I want to start. I thought you could do that as a new intro for the show. Hey, this is a Jay Bush show, and I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be good. Yeah. We got a couple donations here. Yeah. We got a $10 go, uh, donation here from Garth Cassidy. What's that? Party on, Garth. Party on, Garth. He says, hey, Jay Boy, hope you and the crew are doing good, and we are. Yes. He said, just curious, your opinion on Marcus Freeman and his great uh, great job recruiting. Look, Marcus Freeman, and I know they made him the head coach in waiting, which means you're not going to be the head coach there next because the guy there is not going to retire when you think he does. We've seen this movie before. Uh, Marcus Freeman, to me, is the total package. Uh, I mean, he's a guy, defensive-minded guy, knows the game, knows how to recruit, and he's in that perfect age where he's young enough to understand but not too young to overplay his hand. 
I think he's in that perfect honey hole age. I think he's a great football mind. I think he's next up. One of these guys we talk about is being next up. Uh, and, and I would not be shocked if he did not take another job outside of Notre Dame. He's not waiting for Brian Kelly to stay yeah, there. I don't see Brian leaving anytime Like what, so. in, in 10 years? Yeah. Marcus Freeman isn't doing that. They did that so they could pay him more money. Because I'll give you a hint. All these titles, you know, you're the special teams coordinator slash running back coach slash hot dog associate slash, you know, pom-pom aficionado is to get you more money. That's how they get these guys over here. You can't pay them more money without adding more titles. That's why you're seeing, you know, more titles than Tom Brady's career launched on the people's names now. So Marcus Freeman, I think he's one of one of the most up-and-coming young guys uh, in general in college football, and I'm very excited to see him become a head coach. If I was TCU or Texas Tech or any of these openings uh, that wasn't a, a major power player right now, I'd be doing everything I could to get Marcus Freeman. Love it. Uh, got another donation here. Hit the button, Kenny. Beautiful. NCAA Nation Yo, my 247 dog. says, shout out to South Carolina's QB, Jason Brown. Yes. My boy, since his days at St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Keep balling, my man. Yeah, no. Jason Brown came out and said, what can Brown do for you? I'll show you what he can do. I'm going to throw two <laughs> tugs and be the answer. That's what Brown can do for you. And they just didn't win. No. They beat him no. bad. They, it reminded me of like in Happy Gilmore when Adam Sandler wrestles the ball from the alligator. Like that's what South, South Carolina was Adam Sandler just spinning them and hitting them and punching them in oh, the water. Adam, well, who does Adam Sandler fight in that movie? Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Just the price is him. wrong, Bob. Yeah. We got a, uh, you want to get a question? You want to yeah, get a question? Of course. Here? We got a question here from Iron Man Football. And he says, hashtag Ask Jay Boy. He says, Auburn defense is currently giving up 18.8 points per game. Mm-hmm. Would you consider that elite? You've said many times Bama gave up a 19 point. Point yeah. three eight points per game last year, and you would take that every day of the week. Oh, and I am 100% behind that. You give up 18.8 points per game, you maintain your position on the staff and probably get hired somewhere bigger if you can keep doing it. Anything under 20 points a game in today's mm-hmm. offensive evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, is unbelievably impressive, and he's doing it without elite pass rushers. That's the thing. It's not like he's out there doing it with Georgia's guys or Bama's guys. Not taking anything away. There's a lot of really good players on Auburn's defense. It's very heavily slanted. There's a lot more NFL players on Auburn's defense than there is on their offense. But like you said about Meek uh, Meek Mills, there is levels to it. Derek Mason, I know early, and it's not the sexiest system that he runs, but you're starting to see Auburn's players figure it out a little bit, and they're figuring out, like I said after Arkansas, we may be a four-down team, and it's working a lot better. You saw him in a ton of four-down against A&M. Yeah, for sure not a three-down team. I don't see touch the quarterback with three down no but we got a question here from max klebler all right he says hashtag ask jay auburn fans were calling for tj finley to come in the fourth quarter after falling behind two a&m by two possessions in my opinion they're wrong what's your take is he gonna block <laughs> if he's not gonna block then it doesn't look and did bo nicks play good and i, I just want to squash this now i, I want to squash this now because and i said this from the jump we have got to stop acting like it's only one problem When stuff doesn't work in football, most of the time on either side of the ball, it's because of multiple problems. But just like a lot of things, and that's okay, people say, oh, well, it's got to be just this. Our two things can't be true at once. Bo Nix did not play great Saturday against A&M, but Auburn's offensive line, they can't do it against those those style of teams that, that are that personneled, that are that much more elite. When you are getting knocked back, whether it's run, whether it's pass, and you're having to invent ways to move the ball and not be balanced, you're not going to win. You could have played eight quarters of Auburn versus a and I don't think Auburn scores a touchdown. 
because they couldn't run the ball. They don't have personnel good enough to not play well in all areas. You can't say, oh, just like I said earlier with Heupel, you don't have the elite O-line, so you can't say, oh, well, the passing game's not working well. Let's run our way to a win against A&M. Or let's be heavy in the run, It'll play action, we get 50-50 balls, we feel good about it. Auburn doesn't have that guy. Auburn still doesn't have that guy at receiver. Who is it? So everybody that blames Bo Nix for every problem were the same people that were praising him after LSU, were the same people that were praising him after Ole Miss, were the same people that were praising him after Arkansas. But the minute somebody loses, you only blame one part. That's not really how it works. It's convenient. It's easy because when you watch the game, you're watching the one guy that has the ball the whole time. You're not watching everything else that's going on. What Texas A&M's defensive line was doing to Auburn's offensive line in 37 of the 50 states could be a crime. So it just is what it is. Bo Nix can play bad and the rest of Auburn's offense uh, not be elite. Bo Nix can play good and the rest of Auburn offense not be elite but play better. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. when, it, when it comes down to the quarterback position, you you're going to get, get too much blame and too much credit. I, I agree. What else we got? And we're going to get to our we top We got a question here from Alexander Cron. What's up, Alexander? Said, Alexander. What, what are your thoughts on Calzada's plays? Seems to have happy feet and can't extend plays, and then he makes an unbelievable throw every 10 to 15 attempts. Well, you know what that sounds like? A young guy at quarterback that's figuring it out because that's exactly what it is. We talked about it with Anthony Richardson from Florida. He needs to go out there, do – Make the good plays, but make the mistakes as well. But what Jimbo is doing, and if you watch the way Jimbo called that game, Jimbo's doing a very good job of protecting Calzada and understanding the flow and the feel of the game. Jimbo realized about halfway through the second quarter of the Auburn game that Auburn probably wasn't going to score a touchdown. If you watch, Auburn started with the ball at midfield the whole first half and couldn't score. They got one field goal. Started at midfield almost the whole first half. Brian Harson said in his press conference, you got to take advantage of field position. That's football 101. But Jimbo realized that's how the game was going to go, and he didn't give Calzada too much. Mm-hmm. That's why you didn't see a ton of downfield throws. He was really trying to work Wattemeyer in the middle. They were trying to make sure they were running the ball effectively, trying to get in the third and fours and third and threes so they could continue to move the ball and then just outweighed Auburn at the end, and that's what they did. But Calzada has such good feel as a thrower, and he has such a big arm as a thrower, as a young guy. He's able – the throw he made across the middle on third down falling backwards, when you looked at it on TV, you were like, wow, that's a pretty good throw. The arm strength it takes to be able to fit that ball in that 17 to 20 yard window downfield falling away while the DB's hanging on his back, that's not easy. That's not a normal throw. That is a big league throw. It just looks routine on TV. There's a lot to like about Calzada. His mobility is not one of those things. But when you're running the style system that Jimbo's running with him, you don't have to have Calzada doing that. And once the offensive line keeps getting better for AM and you see Spiller and A-Chain and these guys continue to churn up yardage, AM becomes very dangerous. And what does AM start to look like a little bit? They start to look a little bit like they did last year, right? They're just going to suffocate you with the run game at the end. It's like a python. It's like Georgia a little bit. They're just going to squeeze you to death the whole game until halfway through the third quarter, your head pops off your shoulders. And that's just how it is. All right, I'm going to get to one of our favorite things that we've done. It's our top 12, so it's in the AP top 10 with two of our teams. It's our top 12. What would the playoff look like? David Cohn, throw it up on the screen, brother. Drum roll, please. Let's get it. All right. God, I love this so much. Where do you want to start? Let's start top left. All right. The 8-9? The 8-9. We got Michigan playing A&M. And right now, you want to talk about a a fist fight? 
two teams pounding the ball at each other. Mm. McNamara versus Calzada. Are we looking in the mirror? It's just, Are we looking yeah, in the mirror? I just feel like this is a Spider-Man gif. They're pointing at each other. But I just feel like these, these two fan bases just wouldn't like each other. I, I don't think they'd it's, like I each other either. Cone, they you, would like you are part other, of the mission. Ask, you know what? Ask our A&M brethren in the Booster Club. Would you guys have a beef with Michigan? It just smells like it, a beef. It, it smells like a, a Why weird not? beef. They're like, look, we don't like Texas. We don't yeah. like Alabama. We yeah, don't like Oklahoma. Just, it's, Let's it add them to like the list. <laughs> and you know what? Give me A&M in a close one. Yeah. Give me A&M in a close one. What I do you say, so. I think so, man. Uh, I'm, I taking, think so. I'm taking A&M. I think A&M's just better as what Michigan tries to do. I feel like both try yeah. to do the same See, thing. See, that's A&M's funny because I don't necessarily agree with that. I think okay. they're very comparable. I just think you put Jim Harbaugh on the big stage. <laughs> you got to go with the guy who's won the big one, Jimbo well, yeah, Fisher. I, I don't think you're crazy like, I'm going sorry, to and I don't think that they're that much talented, right? I mean, like our front seven is good, too. Or I say our, I mean Michigan's front seven is, is good, too. Um, and I think, look, I think you could put Calzada in a position where he could make mistakes. McNamara has been efficient. I just feel like, man, you put them both on the big stage. You got to go with I'm the guy who's Jimbo won the big one. Jim, I think sure. you go with Jimbo in a close one. I agree. I agree. Blaine, you agree? I concur. Doctor? Concur? You concur, Doctor? I, yeah, put him in there. All right. Nine, nine seed advance. All right, so now we have the the uh, Oklahoma Notre Dame matchup. Is that what is that? Six twelve? No, that's five twelve. Five twelve. Oklahoma versus Notre Dame. Two blue bloods. Brand heavy game. Would be interesting. Give me Caleb Williams and Oklahoma. Mm. I just don't believe in Jack Cone, your brother at Notre Dame. Whoa. <laughs> I don't believe in him. You guys are both eight foot three, but I just don't believe that Notre Dame is explosive offensively. I don't. Caleb Williams, in a one-off game, can go nuts. Yeah. Now, can Oklahoma tackle anybody right now? No. But Notre Dame, you know, I know Mayer's a beast at tight end, even though he's hasn't come up big in a lot of big moments this year. Not a ton of weapons for Notre Dame, in my opinion. Mm. Not a ton. You concur with that or what? Yeah, I, I, I'm going with uh, Oklahoma. Caleb Williams to Jack Cohn, I mean, in my Dang. opinion. And, you know, and I think if Notre Dame was super dominant, on running the football, which in previous Notre Dame teams, they were up front. Notre Dame on the offensive line have been extremely good. But the offensive line this year, new yeah. guys, young guys, rearranging the offensive line positions, and Caleb Williams' ceiling is super yeah. high. So and what's cost him is the front seven on defense. That's what's yeah, cost him in the playoffs. I wish I could honestly. find some area for disagreement here, but look, I'm going to go Oklahoma. Look, when you're right, you're right. Five, five advances. All right, so All we right. got the 7-10. Look at this matchup. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State versus Cincinnati. Who do you think I'm going to pick? I think I know who you're going to pick. You're going to pick who I'm going to pick, Oklahoma State. Let's I think Oklahoma Cowboys. State beats them by double digits. I'm you think so? Yeah. I'm taking Cincinnati. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Give me Oklahoma State. Yeah. 14 points or more. Yeah. All right, seven advances. All right, we got the 11-6 matchup, Ole Miss-Michigan State. Wow. What? I love this. This, is, this got some nastiness to it. Mm. Ole Miss and Michigan State. Ole Miss is – Defense, which we know is better than last year, but that's not saying much. Trying to tackle Kenneth Walker consistently and Ole Miss's offense against Mel Tucker's defensive mind. This matchup is delicious, and I'm going Ole Miss by a field goal in overtime. Mm, I'll go Sparty. I'll go Sparty, man. I think, yeah, you give Kenneth Walker the ball enough times against that defense, he's going to score. You're the tiebreaker. Break the tie, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm going uh, Matt Corral. Go Rebels. Yep, yep. Are they the Rebel Store? Are they the Black Bears or Land Rebel Sharks? Rebel Shark well, Fish Jumpers. What week? What week? They're the Man Bear Pigs. Man Bear Pigs. The Ole Miss Man Bear Pigs. All right. Okay. So we're going back up top yep. left. All right. So we got A and M Georgia one nine matchup. I feel like this game would be close early. I feel like this would be kind of a 
feel each other out. Oh, you stopped our the two best front sevens on defense in college football playing against each other. That means I'm taking the under, whatever it is. Give me Georgia by 10. They kick a field goal late to ice it. Good showing for AM, just not there yet. Georgia's too elite. Give me the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Georgia as well. I just don't think Calzada can have the type of no. game. This would be on a neutral site, right? Yo, you don't sure. have Kyle Field. You don't have the juju making no. the ball go through the uprights. Unbelievable. This and that. Neutral site. Give me Georgia. I'm taking Georgia because what does A&M on defense struggle with? The pass. Someone in the pass and also a mobile quarterback. I think Stetson's feet in that game is going to help. Wow, him. So you're Ooh. saying good stuff about Stetson Bennett. Did now, you say huh? something good about I Stetson did. Bennett? Wow. God, did you say I'm not walking down this road. I'm not walking down this road. I never said oh, you're not Stetson walking down it. You're you sprinting. I never said Stetson it. Bennett was a bad quarterback. That never came out of my mouth. Here we go. It never came out of my mouth. Boy. I just said he's not elite. You can't triple stamp a double he, stamp. He's not elete. Y'all think Stetson Bennett's elite? I know. We never said that. That was never the argument. Hey, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Y'all are just elitist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go. Uh, let's go. All right. So we got one nine, we got one o- advances. All right. So now bottom left, we had uh, five versus four, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Man. Give me Ohio State. Buckeyes. Yeah, give me Ohio State. I Buckeyes think they run the advance. checkup. Oklahoma struggles defensively. Ohio State has not been dominant defensively. Give me, give me but Oklahoma, I think they get Caleb enough Williams. stops. It doesn't yeah. matter, but give me Oklahoma, Caleb Williams. Yeah? yeah. I think he will be playing his best football in the playoffs. Are you just saying that because me and Cone pick, some, pick somebody no, else I'm and you not. just want to be different? You're not. No, not. You really believe that? Yeah. You'd put money on that? I would. So, all right, if Oklahoma plays Ohio State in the playoff, if they both make the playoff, you want to put some hot wings on it? We've talked about this. You know, no, let's put some anything hot wings on. Anything but hot wings. Let's put some hot wings on. I, uh, anything like anything, anything but, but hot, hot wings. wings. Cone, Cone gets to throw a ball and hits you point blank. <laughs> it goes straight to pain. Let's let's work. It on goes this straight one. to pain. <laughs> like of this, course it goes straight. Uh, no, you know maybe what? like a dunk tank or you know oh, something a like dunk that. Tank. Like, like you so know what? what? You get to go like, swimming you have for to walk, losing the bet. You have to walk a mile on broken glass <laughs> and then over a fire and then this, fight look, a whale in water. And this isn't three hundred. I'm not going to ask you to go out and kill a wolf and well, wear it, it back to the village. That's what it felt like when I ate those wings. I felt like I was fighting Charizard from Pokemon. <laughs> All right, so we agree. Ohio State advances. Okay. Right. I said Charizard with his Pokemon references. So we got I'm so Oklahoma glad all 13% State. of you out there that understand that probably laughed. <laughs> 13% counts. Oklahoma State 7 versus Alabama 2. The old 2-7 here. Give me Bama. I, I, look, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, he'll have the, the mullet flowing, the juices flowing. I love the Sanders kid from Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't think this game's a blowout, but give me Bama. I think Will Anderson makes enough plays on the defensive side of the ball. Alabama advances, but closer Look, if it than were, the experts if think. If it were UTSA, I would take them, <laughs> but since it's not, give me Alabama. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. I, I'm going to take UTSA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, enough. All right. <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, so we had, I think, we got I Georgia? picked Sparty, but you guys had Ole yeah. Miss in the 11 and now versus Oregon at the three. This is a tough one to pick. Now, I know Oregon losing Verdell was a big miss, but they're finding their identity a little bit. You're starting to see offensively they're a lot more comfortable. It's not like they're searching, trying to find things. I know against Washington they only scored 17 points, but it was raining cats and dogs, and I'm not talking about the Huskies uh, there on the Washington side. But when I look at this matchup, to me the difference in this game is Matt Corral. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think he's the difference with his legs. I think Matt Corral would hurt, hurt Oregon with his legs. I think Ole Miss would score enough points, get enough stops to win another squeaker. I said they'd beat uh, Michigan State by a field goal in overtime, I believe. I think this one would be traveling down the same path. I think Ole Miss scores late. Touchdown or field goal to put them up. They get one more stop against Oregon. The Hail Mary gets batted down the end zone. I think the uh, the Michigan State would be a m- bad matchup for them. That's why I picked Sparty in the previous round. But I'd like to just know how healthy Matt Corral was before this game. You, you do know? get weeks off. You we know? do know you I'd get I'd like to know how that. healthy he is, how healthy is the offensive line. They're getting someone back let, this let week, Let me right? say this. 80% Matt Corral, who are you taking? But what about the rest of them? Does he have the weapons on the outside? Braylon I mean, Sanders they couldn't do back. anything versus all. Yeah, yeah. Well, Braylon Sanders is back. Okay. Um, Mingo, I don't know if the timeline, if he would be back with the broken foot. I don't know. But, again, they, you know, they have had other guys. I mean, Jacor like, Pearson stepped it up. It feels like one of those ones that Oregon always just finds a way to win. But I'm one of the biggest Matt Corral fans in the country. That kid, that's the definition of moxie right there. That For sure. Kid. And I think it is a bad matchup with Michigan State. But if he's healthy and he gets the weapons back and they get the center back and some of the offensive line problems, man, I think he could ball. And, and they could be Oregon. I yeah. agree. I just don't think Oregon has enough on offense to match really what Ole Miss can do with Matt Corral. And there's nothing more scarier than giving multiple weeks to Lane Kiffin and Jeff yeah. Levy. That is true, yeah. too. Lane Kiffin's over there like like mixing chemicals. Yeah. I'll like say in this, the, man, in for our Oregon lab. fans out there, you go into the horseshoe and you win by two touchdowns, that's impressive. I don't yeah. care if it was early in the year and it just feels like one of those ones, man. You don't want to trifle with them. shows you they're Oregon. not intimidated. You don't want to trifle with them. No, okay? and Mario, look, Mario Cristobal have them ready to go. Yeah. So, it'd be, I mean, again, this would be a great matchup. It'd you be know? a great matchup. All right, give me so, Ole Miss. Uh, let's see where are we going here. We already said Georgia advances, right? I yeah, think we, we have Georgia Buckeyes. versus Ohio State. Okay, uh, Georgia, Ohio State. Give me Georgia. I think C.J. Stroud, those multiple interceptions. I think they score a couple defensive touchdowns. I like Georgia big, mm. big in this game. I like them big. I don't like them big, but I think they'd win. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I'm obviously taking Georgia. C.J. Stroud's just not there yet. Yeah, I, I think I think that would be the difference. Uh, I think you'd see Georgia be able to run their base stuff, but also when they started pressuring Stroud, trying to force those passes in, even without Adam Anderson, an outside linebacker, even without Tyke Smith at nickel, a guy at safety you could move around. Georgia still has enough guys. Mm-hmm. Give me Georgia in this game. Okay, so Georgia advances national championship. Then we've got Alabama, and I think the consensus was Ole Miss. Yeah, <laughs> we How see about that, that one again. Matchup? Wow. How pissed though. Would people be if you had Georgia, Bama, and Ole Miss in the Final Four? <laughs> They'd be so mad. They'd be so mad. But I, I, when I look at this game, I so just think Alabama has too much. Ole Miss does not have the weapons they had last year. We saw that in the first game where Alabama shut out Ole Miss. They took away Braylon Sanders and said you're not going to run the ball. And you don't have a Kenny Abo out there. You don't have a Jonathan Mingo out there. Elijah Moore's running around catching touchdown passes for the Jets. And it just is what it is right now with where Ole Miss is. Uh, I think Alabama's the better roster. I think they're the better team. While I don't think Ole Miss would get shut out in the first half, I think Alabama wins this one comfortably, but not too much. Lane always has a few tricks up his sleeve, especially for Saban when it matters. I got Alabama playing Georgia again in the national championship. Surprise, surprise, Yeah, surprise. I mean, I know this is all, I mean, this is fun, you know, but the question would be, would these, you know, matchups, uh, if you had a 12-team playoff, would they look the same that we're having right now? Because if so, it's looking like all the same teams that would make the 14 playoff, right? Which would mm-hmm. hurt the argument for the 12-team playoff. But in college football is not college basketball. The question would be, though, can you get some of those key upsets so you, you would. would have different games in the Final Four? Yeah, I, I think you would. I, I mean, I think it would take form. 
you know, not in the not in the one seeds, probably losing in the second round, but but you'd have you know a seven ten. You you have the ability because to me, a lot of it, just like in the NCAA tournament, is not just personnel on your roster. A lot of it is the matchup and momentum and momentum and who you're playing in the style and the system. Because we see it in the NCAA basketball tournament all the time. You can have a team that's really good during the regular season, power five dominant team. All of a sudden, you run in to one of these group of fives. Or smaller schools that they have five seniors out there that have been playing in this run and gun system for five years and they get hot for one game we saw Abilene Christian do that and beat Texas and then look like they've never played basketball again the next week that's what makes it interesting I don't think you'd have as much parity even though that's crazy to say with the season we've had in this 12 team playoff but the matchups to me would dictate the upsets I know that sounds very obvious but I'm not just talking about any matchup it's the Ole Misses versus the A&Ms it's the Tennessees versus the Georgias it's the Ohio States versus the Ole Misses those those matchups where if one team can get hot then they have the personnel and that system and that style that may be a little bit foreign are not as mainstream as the others you could see some upsets and some movement there I, I really think you could but speaking about movement Tom Luganbill thinks that Caleb Williams has a chance to move up the Heisman boards over the next couple weeks. We talk about AM Ole Miss, Georgia, Tennessee, a little bit of everything. Tom Luganbill from ESPN joins us next. All right, excited to get a guy we get in here a lot from ESPN. He's everywhere, got college football covered like a blanket and then some, and he's also celebrating the new season release of Yellowstone with an absolute <laughs> badass cowboy hat. Tom Luganbill, what's up, man? Oh, you got to throw a Stetson in there every now and then, man. Nice. I, I, listen, I'm I'm doing really, really good. I'm pumped for this weekend. I, I I've been chuckling with our crew, Jay Boy. We we had Purdue in both of their upsets. So we had Purdue at Iowa. <laughs> we just had Purdue at home versus Michigan State, and I'm fairly certain that Ryan Day called the brass at ESPN. Past Dvorak and Luganville are not coming to Columbus. Send them somewhere else. <laughs> and Jeff so, Brom called uh, him right back and said, "I need Luganville and I need him now." I, listen, I did my post game interview with him this past week, and my I started off saying, "Haven't we had this conversation before?" Yeah, for sure. And and just for me to grab the low hanging fruit because I just can't stand it. That's the only thing that you and Georgia have in, or one of the things that you and Georgia have in common. When in doubt, throw a Stetson out there. Seems to be working out pretty well this season. Absolutely, man. Deliver the mail. That's exactly right. Well, I want to start, Tom. I talked about a little bit in my monologue about the Heisman race and where we're at right now. To me, I still think it's it's Bryce Young and Kenneth Walker, both with chances to win it with Heisman moments because you need those opportunities. Where does it stand in your eyes right now? I think those are two very, very viable candidates, but I think the guy that's gaining ground and the next three weeks are going to be unbelievably important will be freshman Caleb Williams. With Oklahoma. Really? No. Well, listen, when you think about it, it starts to make sense logically. So that team had to play nine straight weeks. Now, it wasn't mm-hmm. always pretty, but we've got a Lincoln Riley that's continually having to apologize for being undefeated, right? So we forget that with the spectacular moments that we've seen from Caleb Williams, all right, he's been doing that when things haven't necessarily been perfect around him. Go back to two weeks ago before their bye week. Look at the performance that he had, 3.30 Eastern kick on ABC. It was flawless. Now look at who their next three opponents are, all right? So you're going to be taking on Baylor. You've got Oklahoma State. You've got Iowa State. And I've always been of the belief that a big part of the Heisman formula is you got your best performances 
against the best teams on your schedule in a viewing window that is no further west than the central time zone. They check all three of those boxes. And while Kenneth Walker is a spectacular player, certainly in the mix, Bryce Young as well, he's having to pull a rabbit out of the hat continually. What if Caleb Williams picks up where he left off off of that Texas Tech game and they finish undefeated going into the conference title game and he's continuing to just light the world on fire? I don't know how you could ignore him. No, I, I agree with you 100% on the opportunities. You know, and we've seen young guys win it before, Tom. I mean, it's not like you haven't had young guys win it before. We can go down the list, and really recently right. you're seeing younger guys win it. I just think, you know, with young quarterbacks, especially with Caleb, he's so talented. I, I'd be willing to bet that he would win it or have a very good chance to win it before he leaves Oklahoma. I just yeah. look at these next three games, and he has to go undefeated to win it. Right. I don't think they survive the next three games, though, Tom, without losing one. You start with Dave Aranda, who you know is going to have a good plan for him offensively. And if that defense – I I always worry. With, with guys like Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin and, and some of these others, I never really worry about the offense, and I don't think you, you do either. But Oklahoma's right. tackling in space, to me, has been a huge downfall for them, going all the way back to – the beginning of the year against Tulane, especially in the second half. How do you see do you do you see a world in where Oklahoma may lose two out of the next three, though, not to digress too far, but but I think it's a point we need to talk about. I think with the way college football's gone this year and the chaos we've seen week in and week <laughs> yeah, out, everything is possible. And again, it's the three best teams remaining on their schedule. Um, and all all are capable of, of beating them. I, I think from a defensive perspective, why were we so excited about Oklahoma to begin with? Because for the first time in a long, long time, we watched them last fall, and all of a sudden they looked like they had dudes up front. Yeah. They're limiting yep. explosive plays. They're creating turnovers, creating havoc and tackles for loss and sacks. And up until two weeks ago against Texas Tech, they had done anything but poor run fits, poor tackling, being out of position. By the way, not too dissimilar to, to what we've seen from Alabama to some degree defensively at times. And so if they, again, pick up where they left off versus Texas Tech and maybe turn this thing around, I do think they're going to be very difficult to beat. But they can't turn the ball over. And defensively, I think they've got to continue to be an aggressive, up-the-field type of football team, which is what they came into this season being. And if they do that, they're going to put people in third and long. They're going to create a an extra possession or two by getting mm -hmm. a turnover. Another thing, too, Tom, and I want to move off Oklahoma because I want to get some of the matchups this weekend, is that when you add a quarterback that can run into the mix, it's amazing how it helps the running back room and the offensive line because just like anything, you're adding more dimensions for the defense to have to defend. You're changing leverage. You know, with Spencer Rattler, while he wasn't, you know, a statue back there, he is not nearly the game breaker that Caleb Williams can take one for 70. And, and, and we've seen him do it multiple times. So I think that's been a big, uh, I think, fit for that Lincoln Riley offensive system because I always laugh, Tom. They're like, oh, you know, Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin, all these guys just love to throw the ball around. Even Hugh Freeze, like, they just love to throw the ball around. It's built off the run game, man. You can't mistake Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. I say it all the time. They're two totally different theories. But I want to ask you about a couple intriguing games for me, Tom. You're a football lover, enthusiast, purist, schematical lover, endeavorer like myself. We have two totally different identities going against each other, philosophies, ideologies this weekend in the SEC. And I'm so here for it because as a football junkie, this is what gets me going. This is what I like to see. You've got A&M and Ole Miss in one corner. We know A&M 
very pro style, very run oriented off the play action, especially against defenses. We saw Auburn shut them down last week until the second half. We know how good that that front seven is on defense. Secondary is a little suspect. Then you have Ole Miss that we know operates at a higher tempo. Lane Kiffin does a good job mixing run and pass, but he can take advantage of a weak secondary. I want to talk about this game first and then move to Tennessee and Georgia. To me, this isn't a great matchup for A&M, Tom. You got game day coming in. This is Ole Miss. I know they play in the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State, but that's not nearly that doesn't nearly have the cachet that this game has for Matt right. Corral as well because they're running out of opportunities. Well, I think you can almost oversimplify the analysis of this game, and that is one team's got a superior player under center, and the other one's got a redshirt freshman that would started the season as a backup. And I think Texas A&M has done everything they can and masterfully to work around Zach Calzada. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Ole Miss and Matt Corral, he's not a guy you're winning in spite of. He's it a guy revolves around him. Yeah. Absolutely, you're winning because of, because of. And let's not forget, you mentioned it with the athletic quarterback. When, when your quarterback can run and you have him in, involved in the, in the run game, a designated run, I'm not talking about creative plays, extending plays with your feet. I'm talking about plays where the defense knows they have to defend the quarterback's legs. That's playing on 11 on 11. When the mm-hmm. quarterback can't run, you're playing 11 on 10. So it does change the way that you defend people. To me, I, I, I really feel strongly about this. This is going to come down to the defensive front of Texas A&M getting Ole Miss off schedule, getting Ole Miss out of their comfort zone. What's their comfort zone? Go 100 miles an hour, all right, win on first down, get a first down, and then it's off to the races. You don't let Texas A&M substitute because they can't keep up with the tempo, and then you Mm -hmm. score in the red area. If Ole Miss and their offensive front cannot hold up um, and and Texas A&M starts to tee off, now you're going to slow down Ole Miss. They're probably going to get a little bit frustrated. You've taken them out of their game. Their game is to dictate terms to the defense. Now, Mm -hmm. conversely, Ole Miss and their defensive front is all of a sudden, come on, I'm not saying they're Texas A&M. Texas A&M is, you know, they got the second best front seven in football, Tom. I'm telling you right now, A&M's got the second best front seven in football. No no doubt. And that Ole Miss team, though, is coming on. And so I think the trench play in this game, coupled with what can you do with Zach Calzada, if this thing turned into a track meet, I don't know if it's going to. But let's just say Ole Miss gets a bunch of explosive plays. Let's just say they get up 17-7 or they got up 14-0. Could you win this game with Zach Calzada's arm? That's a great point, Tom. That's a great point. You had to play catch-up. Right. Could you you do that? I don't know if we know the answer to that question. They didn't have to do it versus Auburn because you had the Bo Nicks of old and an Auburn football team that couldn't run the football. And that was an advantage for an inexperienced quarterback in Zach Calzada. And to your point, it just took the second half for that to manifest itself. Here's what I think is about to happen in this game because I've watched Lane for a long time, and I know, and, and I want to get to Georgia, Tennessee. We're here with Tom Lugan. We're from ESPN. Catch him with Barrett Sally, another one of our favorites, fellow Braves fan. Tom, I'm sorry I had to throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, on, on Sirius XM, they do a great job. The College Football Channel, ESPN, you check that out as well. But, Tom, I look at this game, and I think what Lane's going to do is say, okay, I get it. You guys up front, the front seven are really good against the run, really good against the run. I think they're going to try and run it because Lane has to try and run it, whether it's that lead zone they like to run with Snoop and, and work 
walking the perimeter a little bit and stretching him out and using Matt's legs as, as you know, beat up as he is. But I see them using a lot of quick game and modified runs in the passing game on early downs to get AM. Because I think I think AM at first, if I'm AM, I'm playing off of them a little bit. They're going to give up that quick game early and then they're going to start coming down. And that's when you're going to see Lane start taking shots with the wheels. That's when you're going to see Lane start taking his one on one shots and saying, Matt Corral, you got to throw the back shoulder to beat him or we're not going to be able to get yards. So I, I find that part of it fascinating. And then looking, turning another page, and we're not even talking about Auburn and Mississippi State right now, which is totally different right. ideologies, offense to offense, defense, you know, we can, we can get into that. But Georgia and Tennessee, Tom, and, and Tennessee right now, uh, and I know they haven't beaten anybody elite, but that win over Kentucky was huge for them. Uh, and, and seeing the way that Hypo has them believing in the identity and, and they're playing for him and all this. I look at this game. We know Neyland's going to be nuts. We know that Georgia's been really consistent. I think Tennessee covers this 20 and a half, but I'm very inter- interested to see the same point that you brought up about Zach Calzada and the AM offense having to come from behind. Tennessee doesn't hold the ball very long. They scored really 38 points in 14 minutes of possession last week. That's hard to do, even operating at the speed they do. But if they get up on Georgia, do you see Stetson being able to, and I actually think he could, Tom, bring Georgia back? I'd much rather have Stetson Bennett behind center than Zach Calzada. That's just the truth right now with where they're both at. That's my opinion, though. I agree with that. I I think he's further along. He's got more established playmakers around him. And, and, you know, to me, this is going to be the best offense Georgia's going to face throughout the rest of the regular season, for sure. And what people mm-hmm. may not realize about Tennessee, they have better offensive personnel than people think they do. Yeah. You know, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, got Vilas, a veteran offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Vilas Jones, and he's a returner as well. And then Hendon Hooker has been able to do what he was not capable of doing at Virginia Tech, and that is to string together successive quality performances where he's gotten better. See, the problem with Hennon Hooker in the past is you'll see flashes and then he'll dip down. And then you'll yep. see flashes and then he'll dip down. He's been reliable. And, you know, I, do I think Georgia would be capable of getting to a scoring race with, with Tennessee? Yes. The question remains for me the same as it has been every single week. Two things. If you're going to have a chance to beat Georgia, can you score at least 40? And number two, you need Georgia to help you. And what I mean by that is they need to do something uncharacteristic to their nature, right? Give up a pick six. All right. Give up a punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Snap one over somebody's head. Yeah. Right. Stuff that they don't do because when the talent is not equitable, all right, you're going to need help. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at this team and, and, I, and I've really said the same thing about Alabama too. And I, and I you look at the Texas and loss, the Texas A&M loss, Alabama helped them. And Texas A&M scored 41 points. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tennessee could score 40 or more, but if they can, that will be a football game that will go into the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm just inject this into my veins. I'm so here. I'm so here for all these matchups. Right? I love seeing <laughs> that. That's the coolest thing about college football is you see a ton of different systems in the NFL. Everybody really kind of runs the same stuff, just with a little bit of different flavor in it. In college, you can get the air raid versus the triple option. You can get you know Ole Miss's run and gun, fun and gun under the sun with Lane and friends uh, against a you know an A and M offense that's very pro style. But speaking about pro style, you're always a pro, Tom Lugan. Bill, appreciate you hopping on. Tell everybody again where they can find your work, man. It's great stuff. Uh, ESPN.com, obviously, with our coverage and recruiting and, and, and college football and uh, our crew along with myself, Dave Pash and Dusty Dvorak. We've got uh, Notre Dame at Virginia 
on ABC oh, Prime Saturday night. And Tom. I did one. I'm crossing my fingers. If Brennan Armstrong can go, all right, we're going to be in for a barn burner. Tom, I need I need to know because I'm calling the upset Virginia over Notre Dame. I mean, are we feeling good about Brennan Armstrong playing? I'm trying to remember what the injury was. I can't remember off the top of my well, head. Well, it was it, fortunately it was two weeks ago versus BYU, and then they had mm. the buy following. It's a rib injury. Nobody knows the severity. Obviously, Bronco Mendenhall has done a very good job of trying to be optimistic but not tell anybody anything at the same time. But I'm not kidding. If, if those of you who are college football fans have not watched Brennan Armstrong, Man, he's, he's good. missing a real treat. He is a hell of a football player. And that offense is really explosive. They have a few witches oh, yeah. at receiver, too. Uh, so we'll see it, man. I'm calling the upset. Virginia over Notre Dame. Tom, never upset when you stop by, brother. Let's do it again soon. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. All right. See ya. Tom channeling his inner Kevin Costner <laughs> rocking the cowboy hat the Stetson. You got to respect it. Very respected brand. Speaking about respect, I want to get to the SEC power rankings real quick. Cone, are you ready to go? Uh, let's see here. Yes. You want to go west first? Let's go west first. Can we go? Or you want to go east first? You know, why don't you take a question first? Let's take a question first. I'm Elaine. always here, and the booster, the booster club is always ready and it's willing pop, to learn. Pop, popping. Um, we got a question here from the Green Soldier, not the Blue Soldier. The Green the Soldier. Green wow, it's always All interesting. All right, he says, Blaine, which is me, ask J-Boy, which is you. Nice. When you guys get a moment, why does old media do such a poor job teaching people football in their commentary coverage compared to newer media? I've never understood why they don't. Um, you know, there's old, older media guys that, that have done a good job going into it. I just think the space has changed. I mean, I think now everybody has access to the games. You can't just get on there and be like, hey, well, Alabama's going to win because they can run the ball good. Like, that, that's not good enough anymore. You, you've got to be able to go in depth. And I think once you've, you've made access to not only the big games, but every single game, people are a lot more informed. Therefore, the information and the knowledge that people want needs to be more informed, needs to be kind of more in-depth and not as generic. Not that the generic headlines still don't work. They still work to a certain point. But the fan is getting smarter. Yeah. And as long as the fan continues to get smarter, then the people that cover it and try to uh, impart at least a little bit of knowledge. That's what I like to think we do here on the fans has to be smarter, but isn't it so nice to be able to turn into a show, tune into a show and actually talk about football type things, talk coverages without being too in depth, but being in depth enough where you know something. And that my friends is where the birth of when the water cooler mm. started. It's a great greatest question. phrase ever. Do you have your power rankings listed? Um, I got them. I can do them off the top of my head. Let's, I know let's them off the top of my head. Them. All right. So the SEC West. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. And I want the Booster Club's reaction on this. SEC West. I've got Bama one. Mm-hmm. You've got to put A and M two. You've got to put them two. I've got Auburn three. I've got Ole Miss four. I've actually got Mississippi State at five. Have to. Right now, I think you have to. Then I've got Arkansas at six and LSU in seven. Now. Really, I would say three through six, you can make a ton of different arguments who should go where. I think it's hard not to say A&M, who's beaten Alabama and now's beaten Auburn and now gets an opportunity to go play Ole Miss, how you don't have them number two, especially since they've kind of found themselves to some point. Uh, I know offensively you want a little bit more, but A&M has realized who they are. 
They've found out what they're good at. They've accentuated what they're good at. And I think you've got to put them number two in the West. But there is a lot of argument, in my opinion, three through six. And really, if we want to be honest, three through seven, because it wasn't like LSU just went and laid down at Alabama either. Yeah. I know they got up to play it, but just in general, looking at everything in aggregate, uh, I think you got to have LSU at seven, Arkansas at and six. If Ole Miss upsets them, it's going to make things even more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to we have to go back and, and reevaluate again. And if Ole Miss upsets them, if you're Auburn and you're sitting there, that's why everybody that that you know this Mississippi State game is important, but it's really not that important. You play them at noon, you win that one, and it gets weird at seven Eastern in Oxford with game day there. It's gonna get it's 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 gonna get real emotional over the last two weeks. Yeah, the story hasn't been written. It yet. hasn't been written. We we've read half the book. We know what the conflict is, but we don't know the climax yet. Yeah. We know the characters, supporting, main lead. In a non-fiction book, <laughs> not some of the fiction books that people are putting out there Ooh. in the fiction tier, right, but in about, the east. Oh, how about east? Yeah, east. Give me Georgia number one. Shocker. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody's all right. Number two, give me Tennessee. Yep. I don't know how you can't say. T- I know, standings-wise, they're at three. They just went on the road and beat Kentucky. They're playing about as well as anybody outside of Georgia in the East, better than anybody outside the East. I think you put Kentucky at three right now. Uh, you know, and, and, and I do that, and I still believe in Kentucky, and obviously what Mark Stoops and them are doing, Tennessee just went up there and beat them. And, and, and you got to put Tennessee where they deserve to be. Now, now here's where it gets really interesting. How do you not put South Carolina four? Have to, almost. They just, they've, got, they've got a better record than Florida does. Yeah. And they just beat, beat them badly at home. South Carolina's got to be four. Beamer and the boys, And yeah. if South Carolina finishes four in the East? What? What if it comes out? What if it comes out that Florida finishes fifth or lower after all the flack you caught oh, for saying you Florida would finish fourth? You, you gave them too, too much credit. I gave them too much credit. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. That's exactly right. So I got South Carolina at four. Give me Florida at five. Give me Missouri at six. And good old Vandy at seven. Good old sturdy Vandy. Hey, somebody's got to be the caboose. Somebody's got to make sure the ship's not leaking underneath it. That's Vandy. I mean, I think those are pretty legitimate rankings. I agree. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot more wiggle room arguing, I think, in the West than there is in the East. But let me tell you where there isn't any wiggle room. You got some picks tonight? We got some picks. We got some picks. We got some picks. I'm going to go to Blaine first. Got a $10 donation. Hit that button, Coney. Garth Cassie coming back with another G- dono. Garth is partying on. He's partying hard. Jay Party Boy hard. guy he says, Jay Boy got a question for you. How many major football teams could go independent and have no drop off? He says, I'm thinking Texas, Bama. Who else would you have? Well, the thing about going independent is if too many people go independent, there's not enough games. Yeah. Like you're you're you you're still gonna have enough people in conferences where you're like, uh, we get to a certain stopgap point where you're like, well, this is where it kind of ducks off. To me, and if you're saying, like, have success, like winning, there's a ton of major programs that can go independent and win. But the thing that sucks about going independent is you probably got to play at least one or two triple option teams, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> if I was an AD, first thing I'd go in there first day, be like, let me tell you all what we're not doing. We're not scheduling any triple option team. Don't give me Liberty either. Don't give me Coastal. There's going to be four teams that you're not giving me because it's a lose-lose. But we are for damn sure not playing a triple option team. We are not playing Navy. We are not playing Army. We are not playing Air Force. I want no part of it. No part of it. Because you have to go over it and over it and over it and over it. 
And then you're like, what's going on when the game's playing? And you're like, wow, third and one again. Here they go, dive. Which if you want to know how to beat the triple, take away the dive. That's how you beat it. All right, let's get to picks. Hot week this week. Mm-hmm. I didn't tweet this out, but I did. I do have the, the ticket, I guess, as you say. I took the Steelers over with the Bears last night just to see how the week was feeling. Early start, early start. Wow. Six minutes to go, 23-13. For you math geniuses out there, that's 36. I had 40. We get a fumbled punt return for a touchdown. Ooh. Great start what, to what the week. the final now? It was like 29-27. You want to hear something hilarious, too, before we get off? I had to take a call last night during the game. So I paused it, went outside, took the call because they didn't want to miss any action, came back in, started the game, and tweeting as if I'm live tweeting the game. Yeah, YouTube TV, man. So people on Twitter were like, dog, are you like 10 minutes late? <laughs> then I realized I had not fast-forwarded it to where it actually was in time. And where I was, I was like, break their hearts, Justin Fields, when he, they scored the touchdown <laughs> to take the lead. And somewhere I was like, dude, I think you're like 10 minutes late because uh, the Steelers just took the lead. No. So I'm probably like an absolute idiot on Twitter, which is funny. I'm sure I'm not the only person that's happened to. But let me tell you what's going to happen to Ohio tonight. Ooh, you got Eastern? Caca, caca. Are you on the Eastern train? Give me the Eagles. I don't know if mm. Eagles caca, but give me e- Eastern Michigan. Do. So when I took this bet, it was a five and a half. Mm. Eastern Michigan was a five and a half point favorite. Then it moved up to six and a half. So I'm getting a, it's a two way go. We're RPOing the pick. You see what I'm saying? I'm taking the minus five and a half or the minus six and a half. It's both under seven. Give me Eastern Michigan minus five and a half or minus six and a half. Go to FanDuel.com if you don't. If, if you're not in a state that it's eligible, you know, there's other ways mm. to get it done. Uh, Eastern Michigan, also give me the TTP over 33 and a half. Riding hard with Eastern points. Michigan tonight. A lot mm. of points. Minus five and a half, minus six and a half, and give me the Eastern Michigan total team points over 33 and a half. And I got a text from your son earlier, your infant son. What do you say? He's, he's text- got a pick. He's texting now? He's, he's, got, got, a, he's got a pick. Yeah, yeah. he's 10 he weeks wants, old. Come on, we split hairs here. He right. wants the Eastern Michigan, Ohio over. 61 and a half. Oh, I'm taking that too. Are you for We're real? All riding tonight. Like father, like okay, son. What a moment I'm gonna for go, everybody. I'm going to go next here. Right, because unless, he may right, have go. them all too, go but I'm going to ride with the boys from Ypsilanti again. Do it. Okay, I got him at six and a half. You must have been on them early if you found them five early and a half. Early this morning I want on the ride in. at home, and I want the over. Okay, so you, me, my son Adam, it's going to be a fun night. It's all of us. It's going to be a fun night. Bet buds. Bet okay? buds for life. I want both of we those. We ride together. We die together. Blake. Bet buds yeah, for hey life. Guys, me, uh, no, it's not Blake. You might as well just call me Steven Glansberg. You're on the uh, Eastern train? by myself yeah. with no bets How's with my the pudding? Buds. You're on no the Eastern bet. train tonight? I'm not on the How's Eastern the train. God, if they tonight. lose, we are going to get cleaned up on. Yeah. This is what I'm taking. All right. Not the best record last week in Maction, but you know they were out to but get me. you came they back were, like Jordan. They were out to get me. You, you came back you like Jordan. You can't keep a real one down. Yeah. I, I promise that. So this is what I'm taking. Pimble I'm taking 10. Buffalo TTP 23 and a half. I think Buffalo scored under 25 points one time. And that was versus Nebraska. The Buffalo offense on the ground is good, and I believe in it. I believe they at least scored 28 points. They got Miami, points. Ohio, right? Yeah, they're okay. playing against Miami, Ohio, who just lost to Ohio, who mm. dropped 36 points on them, and the Ohio offense has been anemic the entire year. So, and I'm also making a terrible decision, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the under 
in the Western Michigan Akron game. These are two running teams. What is it? Is it 62 it's and a half? 62 and a half. These are two running teams. That's a lot teams. of points. That's a lot, right. of points a lot of points. You know, Akron, the coaching change. There's an interim in there now. It's a transitional and moment. I, and you look back and you look at that Western Michigan game, and the defense didn't play terrible. They gave up a lot of points on special teams. Yeah. So two running teams. Western Michigan keeps the ball almost the entire game, and I don't think Akron's going to have the same success they did passing the ball that over 300 yards passing their last game. I don't think they're going to do that, so I am taking the under. All right. I like it, guys. And that's the match. That's the picks for tonight. We're 146 and 102 overall. Pretty pretty nice. Against the spread. This isn't money line. All right. Like, we got Georgia money line, or we got, you know, eight-point favorite money line. We played the spread here. Here. Grown, in, up in here. Grown-ups. Grown-ups. <laughs> it's an adult <laughs> It's an, I almost said adult it entertainment. It's not easy, man. I almost said adult <laughs> entertainment. That's hilarious. No, it's just adults having fun. Blaine, what's up? Yeah, I got a $5 donut. Hit the button. Tell me, County. Boom, there it is. Surprise, surprise. Party on, Garth. Garth, Garth do you Cassidy have any money left? Coming back in. He says, I know it's not college football who who uh, does this. Your crew got on big college basketball. Who do you got, Kansas or Duke? The under. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Uh, no, and we, you know, we we love college basketball here. Early hoops is just different. I have to see it first. I I'm gotta that type see of guy. It's like betting. I gotta see him, but to me, I just don't believe in Kansas anymore. Since Jared Harper and Bryce Brown broke him in the NCAA tournament, mm. I watched him do it. I watched him break them and North Carolina in one year. The way Georgia's broken, like Kentucky and Florida and Clemson and everybody they played, basically. But what's not broken? is the Booster Club and everybody that in our audience. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, but most importantly, hit the notifications. It's 2021. Let's be efficient here. That's your process. But we appreciate you guys joining us. Shout out to the Booster Club. Tom Luganbill, Ross Dellinger. Got a great show for you tomorrow with an up-and-coming coach that we may have talked about a little bit every now and then. But make sure, like I said, you hit subscribe. We're going to drop the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify after the audio version. The best audience in the building. And like Notre Dame's one-loss record after this weekend when they go play the Hoos of Virginia, they're going, going, gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn, associate producer, Blaine Crane, audio engineer, Faison Sharif, executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn, voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with the J-Boy Show. The volume. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of a American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. 